What's up, everyone? This is the Next Tape Podcast, episode 18, with Mikhail and Mika, where we have conversations on different topics. So, how, Tanika, how are you doing? Well, <laughs> my, my week has been interesting. More like the latter mm. part of my week has been interesting. How interesting? <laughs> well, so Thursday, kind of, kind of all the same day, actually. Thursday, my mom, after coming home from work, goes to shave, have a shower, and uh, we had no hot water. Mm. So my mom literally had a cold shower. My shower right. prior to that was not as warm as I would expect, but I still didn't think anything of it. So we had that. Luckily, we were able to schedule a service call for the Friday, so the next day. Mm. And then... <laughs> Luckily, thank God, I didn't have to go to work on a Friday, only like physically in the office on a Friday, because at about four o'clock in the morning, I got woken up to sirens and flashing lights. And I thought, okay, it's probably just an ambulance. Someone called an ambulance or whatever. Nothing usually exciting happens on my neighborhood. And um, then I heard like loud talking. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? I go and look outside across the street from me. And there is clearly a fire. I'm seeing smoke coming out of someone's Mm. window. Mm. Um, I'm like, okay, all right. This is kind of scary at this Mm. point. Because I have woken up. Now I need to use the bathroom. So I go to use the bathroom. And I come back in my room and I can hear glass shattering and i'm like oh my god they're breaking these people's windows like this is really bad and i can actually see them performing cpr on somebody and at that point yeah at that point i was like ready to start crying i'm like oh my god we didn't have a lot of information um it's what was going on we still don't know what started the fire but um my mom was able to see like this is in the news um so for people who maybe have heard you might have heard already it was a fire that happened in durham region right so they um basically in the article that my mom read a little later on yesterday um basically said that because i know there's four people who live in that home it's mm-hmm. a mother, her significant other of some sort, I think like a boyfriend or maybe her husband, her daughter, who's maybe around my brother's age, like mid to mid twenties ish. Right. And that daughter's child. And the child was thrown out the window to oh, safety, wow. I guess. And luckily, yeah. That's good news. Yes. The the child escaped this fire with minor injuries. Um, They luckily were able to catch the child. I think think she was two or three. And the mother slash grandmother 
decided to jump from the window to, I'm assuming, hard grass in the backyard. Hard, oh, oh, yeah. Right. Wow. And she's had more critical injuries, but apparently she's stable. And the person for whom I saw them performing CPR on was her significant other, who is actually in life-threatening conditions. And I'm like, oh my God. And it's been a lot. We've had media outside our house. Um, and it's there's caution tape around the house right now, and it, it's 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 insane. So it's been an insane oh, wow. couple of days. That's, wow. Yeah, like we had like fire, like three or four fire trucks outside the house, two police cars outside the house, um, provincial fire investigators outside the house. The whole place was blocked off. Like barely anyone could really go through. I could imagine, but like these vehicles, there were so many of them, were there from about four o'clock in the morning until about four thirty, five o'clock in the afternoon. So they were there for like twelve hours doing this investigation, figuring out, I guess, what started the fire, which can take time. So, it's been interesting. Uh, that's sad. Yeah. yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm all right. Yeah. Uh, just listening to that, it's just. Hopefully, the family can you know, safely recover. You know. Hopefully. Um. And um. Um. Oh, I'm just I'm just lost of words right now. So the thing that's um, crazy that makes us really yeah, think is like yeah, why he was at the front of yeah, the house and yeah, why yeah. the I, others were at the back. We don't really know what was going on there. Um, but if for anyone who watched like this is us, kind of know what can happen when you have inhaled a lot of smoke. Um, can basically push you into a heart attack and pass away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's my week. Yeah. Let's turn it around. So it's Black History Month, Tanika. So what are we doing for uh, Black History Month? So for Black History Month, we're doing a whole month on focusing on Black people. So we're going to be talking about Black inventions, in particular Black inventors. We are going to talk about civil rights leaders. Um, We are going to go a little dark halfway through and talk about the deaths that have happened, that have affected the Black community, and kind of maybe what's pushed like the Black Lives Movement into what it is today. We're also going to talk about Black people and arts. So everything having to do with music or acting or uh, art, (laughs) whatever it is. Um, And then we're also going to talk about the Black Lives movement as well. Okay. 
Uh, so stay tuned, everybody, for uh, a lot of uh, Black History Month theme um, episodes. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> go, go ahead. So, so who is your eventer? So I have a couple. And first, before we get into the particular inventors I chose... Um, and kind of why I chose them. I'll talk about that too. I just want to mention that the inventions that have been created by Black people, which a lot of inventions have been created by Black people, let's be real, includes things like the folding chair, the gas mask, which Mm. hold on to that, the traffic signal, also hold on to that, the automatic elevator doors, potato chips, who knew, and the super soaker, children's water gun mm. toy that I think a lot of huh. us, especially in the 90s, had. I didn't I didn't know the super soaker was uh, created by black. Me neither. Okay. I also didn't know that the automatic elevator door was created by a black person, which is who I'm going to be talking about first. Huh. Now, the reason I chose the automatic elevator door is because I think everyone uses the elevator. I certainly do, going to work. Uh, I work on the 14th floor, so I'm definitely taking an elevator. And this is quite interesting. So, Alexander Miles is an inventor who is best known for creating the patent for an automatic opening and closing elevator door design, which he did in 1887. Now, for people who may not know what a patent is, it's basically just an invention that you're getting legalized so that someone can't basically steal your invention later on. Um, That's the easy way to describe it. Apparently, though, there is a little bit of a debate on who is the first person who created the automatic elevator door. And then it may not have been Alexander Miles, but I'm going to explain that because in my honest opinion, Alexander Miles was the person who created what we know of today as the automatic opening, closing door of uh, elevator doors. I believe it's him and not this other person who they are kind of saying could have created it. So we'll talk about him at the end, just to create some context. Mm. So a little bit about Alexander Miles. He was born in 1838 in Duluth, Minnesota. He did move from there to Waukesha, I think is how you say it, Wisconsin, Mm. um, where he earned a living as a barber in the 1860s. So after he ended up moving back to Minnesota, instead he moved to um, Winona, Minnesota in 1870. That is where he basically met his wife, Candace Dunlap, who was a white woman born in New York City in 1834. So that's kind of huge too, to kind of see a black man and a white woman married in the 1800s. 1800s yeah wasn't it wasn't it uh, illegal uh for Mm -hmm. interracials to it was it's pending it was also dependent by state by state Mm. but 
Um, I would imagine in the 1800s probably still was a federal law that you couldn't. Maybe right. I'm wrong. Could be wrong. But I do know after maybe that was like no longer maybe a federal law, it did mm. vary state by state. In particular, states in the South were the ones that kind of held on to that law a little long. Right. Um, there is a movie out there called, I think it's called Love. Some movie that they did like in the, I think like 2018, 2019, where yeah. it was biracial couple as well. They were literally jailed because oh, they God. were married. And this would have been in like the 1950s, 1960s. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were still dealing with that even in the 1900s. So it's really crazy to kind of see that they were married, probably dealt with a lot of pushback from communities, but yeah, they did it. And the reason why I talk about her is kind of relevant to this invention somewhat. So together, they did have a daughter. Her name was Grace, and she was born in April 1879. So, you know, they they were doing the thing. So they did eventually move back to his hometown of Duluth, where he operated a barber shop in a four-story St. Louis hotel, and he also purchased a real estate office. His wife was a dressmaker, I think in the same building. So Miles became the first black member of the Duluth Chamber of Commerce, that's kind of cool. And then in 1884, he built a three-story brownstone building at 19 West Superior Street in Duluth. This Hmm. is where the invention's going to come in. So this area that he built this um, building at became known as the Miles Block. So it named it after him. And it was at that time that he was inspired to work on elevator door mechanisms. So while riding in an elevator um, with his young daughter, um, Alexander Miles saw the risk that was associated with an elevator shaft door carelessly left ajar. Now, I don't know if he just envisioned this isn't safe or if something happened. It's not Mm. clear, but he said that this led him to learn how to live free from pain with LifeWave. Call 1-888. 800-9369. Now. Migraines gone in minutes. Leg pain gone. Back pain vanished. Call 1-888-800-9369 and speak with Fierce Manson now. Draft his design automatically opening and closing elevator doors. Huh. And he applied for the patent to do so. When the elevator, this was what he envisioned, when the elevator would arrive or depart from any given floor, the doors would move automatically. Now, if, you know, we kind of have the knowledge of back in the day, this was not the case. You would actually have to um, manually open and close the doors of both the shaft and the elevator itself. And that can create some risk. So either like this closing manually of the doors would have to be done um, either by the passenger in the elevator or could also be done by an actual like 
operator of the elevator if there mm. was one even there to do so. Mm. So what he ended up doing was that he attached a flexible belt to the elevator cage and when the belt came into contact with drums positioned along the elevator shaft just above and below the floors it allowed the elevator shaft doors to operate at the appropriate times the elevator doors themselves would automatically you know go through a series of levers and rollers and it would close the doors and open the doors without you as a passenger having to do it yourself which is crazy so before working on elevator engineering miles experimented with the creation of hair products i think this is also important as black people this is important to talk about as well um so um the influence of um his elevator patent is um also still seen in modern designs obviously since the automatic opening and closing of elevator and elevator shaft doors is a standard feature so so not only would he do that but he also made it real easy for some of us to have like you know black people have hair products which is very interesting because this is actually um the hair product aspect of it mm-hmm. is something that comes up again with my other inventor which mm-hmm. is yeah a little different have have they ever like worked together oh no 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 no, no. Different, different this, this guy would have been long dead maybe not oh, okay. long dead but he would have been probably right. either very old or deceased at the time that um right, right the other right, guy was right even born yeah hmm. i think the other guy died in 1960 but we'll talk about that when we when we get to him but right right um so by 1900 alexander candace his wife and grace ended up moving to chicago and in chicago alexander created an insurance agency with the goal of eliminating discriminatory treatment of black people mm. in his own words miles stated that insurance companies quote persist in holding out discriminative rates to these colored people hmm. so in 1900 it was believed that alexander miles was the wealthiest colored man in the northwest alexander miles died sometime after 1905 and he was inducted into the national inventors hall of fame in 2007. nice so so like i said i did want to talk very briefly about the other person who they kind of said, well, well, wait a minute, he kind of created the automatic elevator doors first, not not Alexander Miles. Well, here's the difference. So the person that they're that they were talking about, his name is John W. Meeker, and he invented the first ever automatic elevator door system. However, you, you still had to be manually opened. So technically the patent that Alexander Miles created, you didn't have to do any of that. You didn't have to manually open or close anything. It was all automatic, the opening and the closing of the elevator doors. Whereas this guy, they might close on their own, but you still had to manually open them on your own. So that's Hmm. the difference between the two inventors. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. So that's my first inventor. Okay. So it is my turn, guys. Yes. So you know me, guys. I like playing video games, you know. Even though I'm a part-time gamer, um, I still love uh, playing video games. So, so this person or this black man has something to do with video games. Um, his name is Jerry Lawson. But if you go by his full name, his name is Gerald Anderson Lawson. So who is Jerry Lawson? Jerry Lawson is pioneered home video gaming in the 1970s by helping create the Fairchild Channel F. So if you guys don't know what the Fairchild Channel F, it's similar to like what the Atari was like, right? It's pretty much uh, similar. Do you know what the Atari was like, uh, Tanika? No. I don't you, think you never I do. Atari? Wait, is that anything? this? Is that the anim- the anime thing that you like? Oh no, it's a it's seeing? a gaming console. Then I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a gaming console. Uh, then I made don't know. In, I think. Oh my god, a long time ago. I, I it's made. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry, guys. I I don't remember when the Atari was made between I believe in the in the in the, in the 70s mm-hmm. I would say in the 80s I would say and, just kind of like uh, the very first console but like no longer yeah, in, yeah 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 in distribution but, kind of yeah okay yeah but this this console wasn't like in competition with it mm-hmm. but the you know I'll, I'll tell the story so um this was the first home video game system with interchangeable games a new york native lawson is one of the few african-american engineers who worked in computing at the dawn of video game era Hmm. so yeah interesting yeah early life and education now born in new york city on December 1st, 1940, Gerald... Sagittarius? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Sagittarius are determined and hard workers. Oh, my God. You and your signs. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Uh, my mom is a Sagittarius. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> okay. I'm just I'm saying there are certain traits of the zodiac sign that is true. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we uh, we like we we have an episode coming out for that episode, but um, we'll talk about uh, it. Yeah, Ger- Gerald Anderson Lawson is famous for being a video game pioneer, helping develop the first cartridge-based home video game console system. Lawson's father was a longshoreman, if I said that right. Did I say that long? Longshoreman? I'm assuming. Yeah. And his mother worked for New York City and had one brother, Michael. 
um, inspired as a child by the work of George Washington Carver. No, I don't think it's so not the Washington. president. Not the president <laughs> at all. <laughs> I'm gonna try not to break into song. Continue. <laughs> Lawson dabbled in electronics growing up, repairing. Uh, television to make a little money before enrolling at Queens College, okay. a part of the city, University of New York. His interests in computers led him into the 1970s Silicon Valley Homebrew Computer Club, of which he has only black member at the time. While the club he crossed paths with Steve Jobs, and oh my God, no Steve, way! Yeah, Steve Wozniak. I can't. I, Wozniak. If I said that. Isn't is he in a part of Apple as well? I think so. I think he's. Part huh. of Apple. Yeah, yeah. Wozniak. I think is what yeah, you're trying yeah. to say. Yeah. In an interview, he referred to Jobs as a business-minded spark plug. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, may he rest that's in pretty, peace. Yeah, may he rest <laughs> in peace. Um, that's pretty interesting stuff. I didn't know that. Yeah. I was I was supposed to do a project back when I was in high school based on this guy. Oh but really? I picked, I, yeah, I picked Martin Luther King over him. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, everybody did that. Everybody picked because I mean, he was popular back oh. history month project. So, oh, of course, I think like. Martin yeah. Luther King. Um, I think also too, like he's one of those civil rights movement movement leaders that uh, mm-hmm. um, everyone knows. Everyone has the basic knowledge of him. Um, exactly. Him and, and Malcolm X as well. And Malcolm X, I would say Muhammad Ali as well. Is- well, Muhammad Ali, I would say, would you consider him a civil rights leader? Mm. I mean, he definitely paved the way. Um, for for black people in his way, right? And relate to like Michael Jackson, for example. But I wouldn't consider either of them civil rights leaders. Mm-hmm. I kind of consider them making changes for black people that impacting wouldn't lives, yeah. Right, that kind of paved the way for for black people in particular um, to be able to to do something that they love mm. kind of the same thing with like even like jackie robinson for example even him like you know black we didn't typically see black men playing baseball right. um right. and be accepted while doing it but i wouldn't consider them civil rights leaders in a sense mm-hmm. um i mean i'm sure that, that can be debated of course um but yeah <laughs> Okay. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Know. I, I I do think though, somewhat as a like, even though um, what's his name, um, Muhammad Ali and um, did Muhammad Ali. I do think Muhammad Ali is, as a as a civil rights leader in some kind of way because mm-hmm. um, he did. Kinda, I don't know how to explain it. Fill, fill in my words. 
it's been a while since I've really read like, I mean we all saw the movie for example but, you know Will Smith playing him mm-hmm. um that was such a long time ago that yeah I only saw the movie the one time honestly mm-hmm. um so my knowledge is very limited with him too but I yeah. know that he was around during the time where the movement was prevalent it was necessary it was important um so maybe he did have a lot of hand in a lot of it yeah but at the same time he um was also very focused on his dream which was boxing and um you know yeah right mm-hmm hopefully i'm trying to make enough sense here but it's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. you make you make a lot of sense it's just yeah like, it's, it's kind of like the humanitarian I, aspect of things oh yeah like, right um kind of, again similarly when you use michael jackson example again kind of similarly to him his, his humanitarian work was very different um yeah. but you know kind of like that mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. well we kind of lost lost the topic there i apologize for it that jerry lawson um so basically where we just going back let me just like read my notes here so in the middle in the mid 1970s lawson helped create the fair child we established that that it's like similar to atari if you go look at the pictures it's just like you know but yeah uh the home entertainment machine that was uh, produced in the 1976 um, by uh, Fairchild Semiconductor, where he worked as a director of the engineer and marketing. Only years er- earlier, uh, Mike, um, what's it? oh my God, these names, Mike Markella, co-founder of Apple Computers, had a headed uh, marketing for the company through basic by today's standards. Lawson's work allowed people to play ver- variety of games in their homes and pave the way for systems such as the Atari 2600, Nintendo, Xbox, and PlayStation. One of the few black entre- entrepreneurs, I mean, one. <laughs> one of the few black engineers in this industry lawson later said that colleagues were often surprised to find out that he was african-american obviously you know industry in the video game industry is dominated by non-white people my people so um yeah so Mm -hmm. you can imagine that you know he stood out in the, like in around the 1970s there wasn't a lot of mm. like you know black or color people right in that um department or that field right um uh, going back now let me just see where i lost myself that people look at him at total shock as well particularly if they um if they hear my voice because they think that all black people have a voice that sounds a certain way quote unquote black yes yeah yeah 
Yeah. I mean, that's not true because I mean, you even have white people who sound quote unquote black. Like, um, oh, what's that singer's name? Shit. My mom's not gonna, Mm. I'm not gonna be real mad at me if I can't remember his name. Um, Shoot. I'm gonna search it up because it's gonna bug me. But like, there is a singer, <laughs> like um, Michael, Michael, that. Michael something, Michael's and he, yeah, and he yeah. sounds black, but he's as white as ever. Yeah, you know? the the whole black voice, or you know, if you're if you're if you're black, why do you sound white? I I don't mm. understand that. Well, right? I mean, I get that too because it's like in a different way. It's kind of like. Um, like if you know, obviously, if I haven't really quote unquote like dated or like talked to men new or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you know, being in a relationship now, but yeah, there were men all through you know high school or college or whatever that would kind of say, Oh, you know, where are you from? And I'm like, Well, right. my family's from Jamaica, and they <laughs> look at me and think, like You're not dark enough, or you why does your hair look like that because like they That's picture crazy. jamaican people should have nappy hair and it's like first of all i'm what they considered coolie which is indian mix in there mm-hmm. which makes my hair texture the way it is i don't need to explain that that's just mm-hmm. you know that's how it is and then in terms of why i look quote unquote too light to be jamaican because again like you know, if you were to see me, I'm lighter skinned and whatever. Right. Um, it's because my on my mom's father's side of the family, there is Caucasians mm. on that side. We have Jewish people actually on my on that side of the family. We mm. are mixed breed in my family, especially on my mom's side. My mom, you look at my mom, you look at my uncle. Look at my grandpa. You would think they were white because they look white. Like you yeah, met my mom. He's met my yeah. mom. Yeah, I think I've seen a picture. Of the, mm-hmm. yeah, 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 they look white, but we are not white. We are black. But that's what I mean. It's like, but again, mm-hmm. that 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 type of thinking. It's like, okay, but there are Asians. There are Asian Jamaicans. There are mm-hmm. white Jamaicans. So for mm-hmm. you to come and kind of say, oh, how are you Jamaican? You're not dark enough. That is ridiculous. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it just it baffles my mind the amount of people who sound so ignorant about yeah. what they think a Jamaican person Sh- or, should or look or like. Black, yeah, or black or people or in general should general. look or sound like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's crazy that, you know, even at this time... <laughs> Yeah. We were just saying I mean, that. that was just a few years ago, you know, on a rough patch with my with my boyfriend. Like that was just a few years ago mm-hmm. that I was told this, and I'm just like, what the hell? Like even him, for example, he's South African. South mm-hmm. African is South Africa is not just black people. If anything, the majority is not. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing. It's like, can you say what a South African? Or even an African in general should look like. African people don't just are not just black. They are white. They are mm-hmm. Middle Eastern looking because you have North Africa, Tunisia, Morocco. You have Egypt. Mm-hmm. 
Exactly. We all don't look how you think people should look. It's ridiculous. You're right. You're 100% right. Now, my boyfriend does look like a typical African person, but still, <laughs> what do you think an African man should look like? But um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's, to this day, people still like say that, like, you know, they're like, it's it's crazy yeah. so going back to you know what jerry lance has been through uh what people are telling him how his voice sounds um so um black people have a voice that sounds a certain way and mm-hmm. they know and i sat there and go oh yeah well i'm sorry i don't so <laughs> back enough. <laughs> yeah so yeah. that's what he said to that response um so uh during the, the uh i would say the channel f run like the the home consoles run mm-hmm. during those years so uh it hit the market in 1976 lawson said quotes the fairchild competitors were so afraid of the you know um the cartridge concept that it was going to put them out of business but the fairchild only sold 350,000 units so um that can tell you a lot that uh it only sold you know 350,000 units so it kind of didn't do well Mm -hmm. um before selling it gaming technology electronics company um if I say, saying this right, gamers, uh, Zero Khan in 1979, Zero Khan canceled the Channel F a few years later. Atari was close on our heels. I lost and I made it. The gaming company released its own console with an interchangeable cartridge. I think that's Atari and a joystick just a year later mm-hmm. in 1977 and the atari 2600 went on sale more than 30 million units sold in a lifetime so so the atari just you know added like a couple features like interchangeable uh cartridge and a joystick just to take out the competition which is uh channel f uh, the child fair uh, channel F so basically um, yeah that's it for Jerry Lawson I believe he died in 2011 he was yeah. 70 years old and that's um, still young yeah 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 so, however they yeah. do say men die faster so uh, there's that <laughs> yeah there's it's there's fact a, there's the, men yeah. die first yeah men die first so yeah. rest in peace jerry lawson um you were a pioneer of video games i think without you um xbox playstation Atari wouldn't be uh when maybe it is right now yeah oh yeah well maybe yeah. it probably would have existed but yeah it would exist but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's it. Okay. All right. So my final inventor. So 
I am fascinated by this person, by everything he's accomplished. Full disclosure, I heard about him while listening to an episode of Wine and Crime. I don't know if anyone out there listens to Wine and Crime. Love it. Um, And uh, I was absolutely in awe of this person. So I'm very excited to be talking about him. So, Garrett Morgan created such inventions that we still see today that we have today that has it's he's his inventions are very more safety focused but yeah so let's get into him so he only had an elementary school education he began his career as a sewing machine mechanic and he went on to patent several inventions including an improved sewing machine um, and traffic signals and also hair straightening product and a respiratory device that were mm. later provided the blueprint for World War One gas masks. So, Interesting. Yes. So, born in Paris, Kentucky on March 4th, 1877, Garrett Morgan was the seventh of 11 children. Okay. His mother, Elizabeth Reed, was of Indian and African descent, and she was also the daughter of a Baptist minister. His father, Sidney, was a formerly enslaved person freed in 1863, and he was the son of John Hunt Morgan, who trigger warning was a confederate colonel so take that as you wish morgan's mixed race heritage would play a part in his business dealings as an adult so when morgan was in his mid-teens he moved to cincinnati ohio mm-hmm. to look for work and which he did as a handyman to a wealthy landowner Although he had only completed his elementary school education, like I previously mentioned, Morgan was able to pay for more lessons from a private tutor. Um, But obviously, jobs were hard um, to kind of come by. However, he did get several um, sewing machine uh, jobs at sewing machine factories, um, which would kind of capture his imagination when it came to future things. Um, He would learn the inner workings of these machines, how to fix them. And from that, he obtained a patent for an improved sewing machine, and he opened his own repair business. The business was successful, and it enabled him to marry, um, hopefully I'm saying this right, Bavarian, I believe, woman named Mary Ann Hasek. And he established himself in Cleveland. There is, it's very important to mention mm. that he was established in, in Cleveland. That's kind of lends to a little later in the story. Um, right. So we're going to talk about G.A. Morgan Hair Refining Company. Hmm. This kind of lends into the the um the hair side of things. So. Following the momentum of his business success, Morgan patented 
um, sewing machines would soon pave the way to his financial freedom, albeit in a rather kind of unorthodox way. In 1909, Morgan was working with sewing machines in his newly opened tailoring shop, a business he had opened with his wife, who had experience as a seamstress. We see kind of the parallels between these two um, inventors that I've talked about. Remember his, Mm -hmm. um, Alexander Miles' wife was also a dressmaker. Right. That's cool. I know. I didn't plan for that. I wonder if they cross paths in Um, some kind of way. They could have, but I think, like, I think Alexander Miles would have been about 40 years older than him by the time he were they in the same Were they in the same state, or were they in just, just different state? Um, so he was born in Kentucky, Gary Morgan. Mm-hmm. Alexander Miles, where was he born again? He was, oh shit, where was he born? I know we just talked about him, but I can't remember now. I don't want to go, I don't want to go back to look <laughs> see where he was born i'll figure it out after to see where he was um but um anyway he so he encountered woolen fabric that had been scorched by a sewing machine needle it was a common problem of the time and since sewing machine needles ran at such high speeds but with him seeing this it kind of started him experimenting with chemical solution in an effort to reduce friction created by the needle and subsequently noticed that the Mm. hairs of the cloth were straighter. After trying his solution um, to a good effect on neighboring dogs fur, Morgan finally decided to test the concoction on himself. When Mm. that worked, worked, he quickly established the G.A. Morgan Hair Refining Company and sold this straightening cream to African Americans. The company was incredibly successful, bringing Morgan financial security and allowing him to pursue other interests. So, ladies, maybe some men out there, we have the ability to have like perms, relaxers, based on an invention that he just happened to come across by accident. I have thank you. <laughs> because as a person who's used this product to make my hair straighter, mm. I'm like, what has this man not done? Well, let's get into something else that he has done. So we're going to now start talking about a breathing device. So, in 1914, Morgan patented a breathing device, or maybe more like a safety hood, which is what he kind of called it, providing its wearers with a safer breathing experience in the presence of smoke, gases, and other pollutants. Morgan worked hard to market this device, especially to fire departments, often personally demonstrating its reliability in fires. So he was actually testing this product. There's actually, I'm going to try and find it because I did see it um, when listening to Wine and Crime Girls do it. There actually is a picture of him wearing this device. So I'll try and find it so we can post it to the socials. Mm-hmm. But um, Morgan's breathing device became the prototype and precursor for the gas mask 
which was used during World War One, protecting soldiers mm. from toxic gas use in warfare. So he potentially could have saved some lives due yeah. to his gas mask. Um, the invention earned him the first prize at the Second International Exposition of Safety and um, Sanitation uh, in New York City. So there was definitely some resistance to Morgan's device among buyers, particularly in the South. Any surprise? Mm-hmm. Where racial tension remained palpable despite advancements in African-American rights. But this was, again, the early 1900s. In an effort to counteract the resistance to his products, Morgan actually decided to hire a white actor to pose as the inventor during presentations of his breathing device. Morgan would pose as the inventor's sidekick, disguised as a Native American man named Big Chief Mason, wearing and wearing the hood, which was probably one of the pictures that were taken. Um, Interesting. Mm-hmm. And he would enter areas otherwise unsafe for breathing. The tactic was successful, and sales of the device just skyrocketed at that point. So, um, we're now going to start talking, which was kind of the more main focus of the Wine and Crime podcast, was this particular event, which was the Cleveland Tunnel Explosion. So in 1916, the city of Cleveland was drilling a new tunnel under Lake Erie for a fresh water supply. Workers hit a pocket of natural gas, which resulted in a huge explosion and trapped workers underground and missed suffocating um, with the, the fumes and the dust. When Morgan heard about this explosion, him and his brother put on breathing devices for which he created made their way to the tunnel and entered as quickly as possible. The two of them together managed to save two lives and recovered four bodies before the rescue effort was shut down. So there, just to put this in perspective, there were bodies that were left behind. Wow. Once they shut down, like the rescue effort. I think eventually it would have become a recovery, but I'm not sure. I can't remember if that ever did happen in this case if they Mm. did recover the bodies or if they were just left there i'm gonna say they were just left there i think that's kind of what i remember so Mm. despite his heroic efforts the publicity that morgan garnered from the incident did hurt his sales the public Mm. was now fully aware that the inventor was african-american and many refused to purchase his products after that Adding to the detriment, neither the inventor nor his brother were ever fully recognized at this time for their heroic efforts at Lake Erie. Possibly, you know, this article says, you know, possibly another effect of racial discrimination, you think? (laughs) It's pretty obvious. Morgan was nominated for a Carnegie Medal for his efforts, but ultimately wasn't chosen to receive the award. Additionally, some reports of the explosion named others as the rescuers, and not him and his brother. While the public, well, let me just also preface, there were other people who were a part of the rescue mission, but it's like Morgan and his brother were kind of 
pushed aside and not recognized. Interesting. Wow. wow. Yeah. Same wow. Thing, well, Go same ahead. thing like not knowing what uh what black history is. Push mm-hmm. aside. Push All aside. Right, so. Yeah. Go ahead. While the public's lack of acknowledgement for Morgan and his brother uh, roles at the Cleveland explosion was undoubtedly disheartening, Morgan was just a ferocious inventor, and he was an observer who focused on fixing problems and soon turned his attention to all kinds of different things, from pads to belt fasteners to car parts, like he was doing the thing. Right. So... The first black man in Cleveland to own a car, Morgan worked on his mechanical skills and developed a friction drive clutch. So he was the, let me rephrase, he was the first black man to own a vehicle in Cleveland. And with that, kind of helped him create new inventions. So so he was the, he was the boss man. He was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then in 1920, yeah, he has some swag, (laughs) you can tell. Um, in 1923, he created a new kind of traffic signal, one with a warning light to alert drivers that they would need to stop, Mm -hmm. which is, as we know, the amber light. Mm -hmm. Um, he he created this invention after he had witnessed a carriage accident at a particularly problematic intersection in the city. Um, Morgan quickly acquired patents for his traffic signal, the rudimentary version of the modern three-way traffic light that we see today in the United States, Britain, and Canada. Um, But he did eventually sell the rights to this, to General Electric, for $40,000. Wow. Now I wish 40, I did a conversion. $40,000? So I'm gonna do a quick conversion. Um of is that what, is that a is that American? That would most likely American. be most likely be American, yes. So, possibly but, 60, 60, 70,000 Canadian. Yes, but then we also have to take into consideration the the conversion. Um because um what forty thousand dollars was in nineteen twenty three isn't what it is today, right? Right. Um, so I'm gonna try and do that really quickly as I ramble with this. So forty thousand US in nineteen twenty-three. Should have done this before. <laughs> so in the table, that, yes, forty five thousand. No, I got it. No, 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 no. Way more than that. Forty thousand oh, wow. dollars in nineteen twenty three equals hold on to your butts. Seven hundred and two thousand four hundred and seventy eight dollars and ten cents in uh, four, today. You said, four, you said forty thousand or four hundred thousand. So forty thousand dollars in nineteen nineteen twenty three is yes. the equivalent of seven hundred and two thousand dollars four hundred and seventy eight um, today. in today's money. Mm-hmm. Oh, in today's month. I thought you meant yes. in that. I no, no, thought, no. In I thought you meant money. in that year. Like, no, in today's that money. time. Oh, okay. No. All right. So okay. that's the equivalent of it. Of, Makes sense. Right. Um, so outside of his inventing career, Morgan diligently supported the African-American community throughout his life. 
He was a member of the newly formed National Association for the Advancement of Colored People. He was active in the Cleveland Association of Colored Men. He donated to Negro colleges and opened an all-black country club. It's pretty cool. It's nice. Yeah. Additionally, in 1920, he launched the African-American newspaper, which was called the Cleveland Call, which was later named the Call and Post. Um, Morgan began developing glaucoma in 1943, Mm. and due to this, he lost most of his sight as a result. Uh, Mm. The accomplished inventor, unfortunately, well, I mean, he he would have been dead now anyways, but he died in... uh, Cleveland, Ohio, on July 27th, 1963. Shortly before the celebration of the Emancipation Proclamation Centennial, Mm -hmm. which was an event that he had been actually planning to attend. Um, So, unfortunately, he didn't get to do that. But just before his death, Morgan was honored by the U.S. government for his traffic signal invention. And he was eventually restored to his place in history as a hero of the Lake Erie Rescue. So he did eventually get recognition for that. Yes. That's good. Mm -hmm. Morgan improved and saved countless lives worldwide, including those of firefighters, soldiers, and vehicle operators like me. Thank you. With his profound inventions, his work provided the blueprint for many important advancements that came later and continues to inspire and serve as a basis for research conducted by modern day inventors and engineers. So that is Garrett Morgan. I think he is an incredible person. I'm I can't believe I've never heard of him before. Um, like I think I just heard about him a couple of months ago. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my god, like he's done so much. He created the gas mask. He, created what is kind of known as the modern day traffic signals mm-hmm. he's incredible and Genius. i never heard of him before so it was, i have been waiting for this episode for months because i'm like i'm <laughs> so excited to talk about him um i wonder yeah. what he will create in the in the modern uh world today that's i don't know hmm. i don't know hmm interesting yeah okay he's great yeah i guess this ends episode 18 of this special 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 black history month uh episode uh of the Nest Tate Podcast. Nest Tate Podcast is available now on all podcast platforms. We also have a website called solo.to slash Nest Tate Podcast. And Tanika, what else? Mm-hmm. We also have our social medias. We have Facebook and Instagram at Next Tate Podcast. We have Twitter and TikTok at Next Take Pod. I'm pretty sure. All of the links are officially on the website now. I put them on like nice so they're they're there yeah just just click on there yeah just Mm -hmm. just click on there so and then contact us on our email at michaeltanika at gmail.com so we talked about a lot about our you know black history month inventors Mm -hmm. so uh 
who are the who are the inventors? Let's give the people the recap, Tanika. Okay, so we had Alexander Miles who created yes. the automatic elevator doors. Yes. Uh, your person, camera person. Jerry Lawson, who's a video game engineer. Go ahead. And we also had Garrett Morgan, who created sewing machine, gas mask, traffic mm-hmm. light signals. Um, geez, so much. Yeah, yeah. Great. A lot of great inventors. Those three men are very important to our uh, history. Um, if you want to do more research, more data research on them, if you didn't like put in full detail or, you know, or give you more information about these great inventors, go on history.org or, you know, go to your public library to do research on them and, you know, read about them because yeah. these guys are, are a part of our Black history and you want to, you know, want to learn about them. Of course, there's a lot more inventors out there, but, yes. you know, these guys are also important. And I think what we should do as well is post pictures of um, all three of these inventors. And Mm -hmm. I will also look for that picture of Gary Morgan wearing um, the first gas mask. I think that'd Mm -hmm. be kind of cool to see on our socials. So we'll post those too. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. So, um, We'll be back on next week's episode with another um, Black History Month special. And do you want to tell the people which episode that is, Tanika? So the next episode they're going to be doing is going to be the civil rights leaders. Although I am taking a little bit of a pivot, tiny little pivot, because I think it's important to talk about Um I'm going to have fun with that for sure. Mm. And um, what I'll say is what I only think I will say is musical. That's all I'm going to say. That's the only clue I'm giving as to who I'm talking about. So this, this uh, civil rights leader has to do with music and being a leader at the same time. No. Okay. Appears in a musical. That's it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. All right. Mm. Okay. That's your little snippet, guys. So, um, until next week's episode, I'm Mikkel. And I'm Tanika. And we are out. Bye.